Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we have some very special guests with us today. On Friday, June 24th, 2022, the Supreme Court made the historic and far-reaching decision to overturn Roe versus Wade the decision that was made back in 1973 to uh, ban states' rights from outlawing abortion. So today, we have two very, very special guests that attend Bethlehem Church and that do act do work in the pro-life movement. And we wanted to honor them and, and give them a voice to speak today so that you can hear from them that uh, what the pro-life movement is doing uh, in, in this in this. Um, in this movement for pro-life. So we wanted you to hear from them. Today we have Tasha Fiedler. Welcome, Tasha. Hello, thank you. And Robin Mock. Thank hey, Robin. You. Thanks so much for being here with us this this morning. And uh, so we just want to uh, want y'all to tell us what a little bit about who you are and what you do. So Tasha, we'll start with you. Okay. Well, I'm Tasha Fiedler, and um, I am a wife and a mother of four. And I have a grandson that's going to be six and another grandson on the way. Um, I work at the Women's Health and Wellness Clinic in of Walton, and I'm over in Monroe and Loganville. And um, I am the patient services manager. I am also an uh, abortion recovery um, facilitator. And um, what I do there is I do a lot of client intake. I do a lot of um, staff things and volunteer um, work with the volunteers. And I do abortion recovery um, mm-hmm. where women who have had abortions um, can come in and find healing through God um, around surrounding their abortion, all the feelings that they have. And that's just one of the best things that I do at the clinic. Wow. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for being here. I'm Robin Mock. I am a mother of six daughters and five grandchildren. I'm also a preacher's kid. Uh, I have lived in Georgia most all of my life, born and raised here. Um, I am the executive director of Obria Medical Clinics, as well as the executive director of The Haven. Um, The Haven is a maternity home that's being built in uh, Tequila um, that will serve women 21 and under. Mm. Welcome, both of you. And... We need to also mention we have with us today very special guest Pastor Jason Britt back uh, back on Beyond uh, Sunday. It's been a while. It's huh? been a while. I know, and thank you, Miss Angela, uh, for having us. And ladies, good to be with you, uh, and good to hear from you guys. And uh, it's good to be back on, especially yeah. at a time like this. Yes, yeah. Now you you gave um, a message to our church mm-hmm. on Sunday, which was very timely, very very well spoken. Uh, because it is, it is such a. There's a lot of emotions involved, sure. yeah. and so as a pastor, you spoke into that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, what and, did you say? and uh, yes, you can go back and watch that. I think a couple of things, and we'll let the ladies get a lot of our conversation. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, you know, pro life. Yes, I think I love what Tony uh, Evans says is a whole life agenda. Yes. And so whole life is that the church is a, a whole life, which means from the womb to the tomb. Mm-hmm. We're just for life. I think people don't understand in this conversation that 
a unique value on life is uh, like, like all of life and being for life and the value of human life is a very Judeo-Christian ethic. Mm. It's not a, uh, that, that really defines, uh, has set apart the Christian religion or the Christian faith for uh, human history, honestly, human history, because uh, the core of who we are is the Mago Day, Genesis one twenty seven, yeah. which is that the pinnacle of all God's creation is humanity, mm-hmm. and that we are um, created in His image. Uh, and so, for us to speak for life, to be an advocate for life, to be uh, a voice for whether it be the oppressed, to be a voice for the vulnerable, to be a voice for the marginalized. And in this case, in the the abortion conversation, to be a voice for the unborn, yeah. uh, the unborn, because we believe, um, as the scripture teaches, that life begins at conception. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do think it's good to voice that because for almost 50 years, I think there's a generation uh, that was before my generation that <clears throat> there was a passion because they saw a this 1973 this court the turn in in the country and so the generation before mine um, and I was talking to some pastors who were older ha- have seen you know life before Roe versus Wade but mm-hmm. have never thought they would see life post Roe versus wow. Wade uh, and so there there was the reality that because my generation of pastors and I'm Gen X mm-hmm. uh, and the guys younger than me that many times uh, abortion had become specifically in conversations with people a strictly political issue. Mm. Uh, And and that's because for 50 years, it has been divided in our country, basically on politics and politicians has used it to gain votes, not necessarily because that's their thing. Mm -hmm. They just want to, I always say people talk about the secularization of our country is not going to kill the church. The politicization of the church is going to kill the church. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that way we have so much jumped in with politics. And so, People were, I think sometimes what you have to understand is in this conversation, abortion and the unborn is not a political issue for the church. It's a biblical issue. Uh, But because uh, of the human nature of it, because of the effect, and I think I'm going to let these ladies speak to this more than me, the, 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 the reason when it becomes just a political issue, you forget that there are actual lives affected mm-hmm. in women in, in, involved. And we have many in our church yes. that are touched by this. And yeah. so oftentimes when I am asked by somebody, why don't you preach on abortion more often? I say, well, here are a couple things. It can be any type of how I would say is very specific uh, hot topic issues that are in our culture. The the reality being is that when you do it, just saying we're against abortion, everybody in the church is going to go, yeah, yeah, for the most part. But what you have to also address in the middle of it is the women who carry shame yeah. and baggage mm-hmm. and hurt in the families that have been affected by it. And so what I, I guess what I'm trying to say in all of this is it's such a delicate topic mm-hmm. because it's a topic that is about people. Right. It's about women. Right. Uh, it's about the effects of this on families for generations. And so you want to speak with truth. 
And I can't ask our church to stand for truth that when there's an announcement like this, I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say yeah. something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'm going to say it in the uh, point of Scripture. But then the second part is you also have to approach this with grace. Mm-hmm. John 1, 14, mm-hmm. Jesus came full of both truth and grace. The truth is we are for whole life mm-hmm. and being for whole life. And this is where Robin and Tasha can both speak on this. Being for all of life means more than just being anti-abortion. Right. Yeah. And, and this is what they've given their life to is to be for all of life. And that's at times where the pro-life movement has gotten, I would say, and you guys would know this better than me, has gotten catty, has gotten pit, uh, pitched in by secular media. You're just against abortion. Yeah. But what the church should be is for all of life. Mm-hmm. And when you give yourself to this, then you are valuing that. And so you also have to come alongside and remember in this conversation and, and you know, from Tasha's story uh, to there's many stories in our right. church can say, no, no, they've had to walk through this and experience both the um, uh, heaviness mm-hmm. and also the grace yeah. of Jesus Christ, the the weight of shame and the freedom of grace yes, right. uh, and the new identity. So I, that's why I think this topic's important yeah. uh, because it's not just politics, it's people. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and it's not just against abortion, it's for all of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, that, that, that's kind of my yeah. two cents and I'm going to let these ladies, let you talk to well, them and then let me maybe ask questions or absolutely. speaking as we go. Sure. Uh, but cool. both Robin and Tasha have given their life to this. And so many people, Angela, let me say this as well, because, uh, this will be a, down, a lot of downloads on this topic. There are many people at the church, uh, right now across our campuses that have given themselves to this, mm-hmm. opening their homes for fostering, yeah, um, w- adopting. Mm-hmm. And we have a growing community. of fo- We have a growing community. Uh, I saw, uh, and he'll, he'll be embarrassed by this, Danny and Janet Simpson, yeah. just this last weekend. They go to our church. They're mm-hmm. at an orientation for being a foster. He's a foster child, mm-hmm. a kid. And I'm telling the story. He won't mind. Danny loves me. And now he wants to give back and foster as mm-hmm. well. And their kids are growing out of the house, and they're open. Back awesome. their house, yeah. so that's what the church has got to right. be in this. I think that's so... the call for the church. I, and Tasha and Robin can speak to this, and I'm gonna shut up. This no, 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 no. Talk. But <laughs> the church has to. Uh, it's 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 a all of us can be involved in this issue and right. not just be against abortion. Right. right. Well, and there's and so many the there's so many stories like that that we hear and we know we know. But that's I was just talking to Tasha about this downstairs that um, this the point of this podcast is to give voice to to those voices a chance to speak because it's really easy when you're on the internet or you're hearing the comments right. back and forth. It's really easy to make this a one dimensional issue. And it's not. And that whole idea that um, Christians are pro, you know, that we're pro-birth and not pro-life is just not true. It's just not true. And and before I turn it over, let me ask you, let me, can I just ask a question? We're going to go ahead and get off script and topic. (laughs) Uh, But I do want to say this as a man. Uh, who knows what he can talk about, what he can't. I have three children, but I did not give birth to any of them. Uh, and so, uh, but one of the things that, um, how would I say, abortion rights advocate, 
would say is that well, and and they and and you guys have they they've how they fancied up their language over the years. It was my body, my choice. Now it's reproductive rights, mm-hmm. or it, you know, you guys can list out the things. But I think one thing that throws people off, and what I mean by people's common every day that they're against abortion, but their head's not deep into this issue, is how is this issue not restricting women's rights? That that's that would be well. You're just taking away the right of a woman, and you're just and, and this is oppressive, and this is stepping back as a culture. You know what I'm saying? How would how 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 do you as a lady, uh, a woman of faith, respond to that? Because again, much of the argument that you you hear from a secular, if you will, or a worldly, is that well, what we did, we we weren't saying you had to have abortion, but you could if you wanted to. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And and, and so now what we're choice. basically saying is. Uh, it's your, you know, uh, we're restricting the freedom of women and, and health and reproductive rights and all of that. I would just say respond to that as a female, uh, mother of six, mother of four, mother of four, but also in this, you know what I mean? Yes. To, because I think a lot of people are like, well, no, this is this is a ruling against women. That you know, mm. this is this is a ruling, mm. you know, that uh well, Ian, that that argument mm-hmm. i would just love to hear y'all respond to that uh from a faith perspective and a female perspective well i mean i feel like as a female and i say this a lot you know we they when you say this is my body this is my reproductive rights i'm a woman right. as a woman you have the right to protect yourself. And that's not just, you know, I'm going to have an abortion because this is not fitting my lifestyle right now. This is, you're a woman. And with women, and this is what I tell the women that come into, especially the young ones that come into our clinic, you know, we need to look out for ourselves. Okay. And that starts with conserving our bodies. Mm -hmm. That starts with looking at ourselves and saying, you know, we have so much to offer in this world. And so when we lay up with a man and we don't see a future with him, because we get that a lot. I don't see a future with him, but I think I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so if you're going to do that, you start taking care of yourself right then and there. Do you know what I mean? Either you um, do not have sex, because when you do lay up with a man, right. we're here in our hearts, most sure. women. We're right here. And yeah. we're like, if we if he could just love us or, you know, we're in the love factor. And men really don't get there for a long time. Sure. So for me, talking to another woman, I'm saying, and even to myself years ago, because I was that woman, sure. to yeah. say, you know, you have time. You have life ahead of you. You have, this is God's body. Your body belongs yes. to the Lord. Yes. Sure. And when you compromise your body, we're not talking just uh, unexpected pregnancy. We're talking STIs. We're talking STDs. Mm-hmm. Women who get these STIs years later could wind up having cervical cancer. Sure. Men, no. Yeah. You know, if you do choose to have an abortion, well, that's been linked to breast cancer. Sure. Not only that, mm-hmm. but you have all these emotions and things that you have to deal with for the rest of your life that leaks into your family. And it's not fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me to another woman, it's like, very base level. look out yeah. for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you really want to talk about your rights, then look out for yourself and love yourself the way God loves you because it's possible. That's it good. is possible for you to get an education. Do you? You know, and pray for a good man, a good husband, Mm -hmm. and then you can have such a wonderful life outside of all of the trauma that we have to face by giving ourselves away like that. Very good. I also think it's um, in in some instances it's it's telling women they're not strong enough. Mm -hmm. You're not strong enough to be a single mom, or you're not strong enough, you know, to have a child and go to college and 
get a job and and one day find <clears throat> that perfect man. Well, not perfect, but sure. that man. You know, and so it really puts us puts women in a place that we're not that we're not strong enough, and that's not the case. Right, right. women can do that. Yes. Women are powerful, yeah. and at Overy, we we empower our our girls to be the moms that God designed them to be. That's good. That's really good. I was reading in uh, Romans twelve this morning, uh, Romans twelve one, that the 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 proper way to worship God is through our bodies. Yeah. That's that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. That um, as Christ followers, and I know not everyone listening and not everyone that will hear this is a Christ follower, but as believers, the the way that we worship God is to to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice. And you know, Tasha, you 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 said it that you know our bodies are not our own. In First Corinthians, yeah, right. our bodies are not our own, and so we offer up uh, whether it's our gender, whether it's our sexuality, whether it's everything. Our bodies belong to God because mm-hmm. He's the one that made them. Absolutely. And so that's where uh, the you know it, when we say my body, my choice, it is not my body. I, I you know it's it's His. It right. all belongs to Him. It's right. good. So, so you ladies, um, tell us a little bit about the organizations that you work for and, and what, and what you do, who you serve primarily and, and the services that you offer. Okay. I'll go first. Um, I work for Obria Medical Clinics full-time, um, and we are a pregnancy medical clinic. We provide pregnancy verification. We do pre-abortion screening, um, because, we are not just about the baby. We want to make sure that girl, even if she does go, decide to have an abortion, that she is safe. Yeah. Uh, we provide well woman care. We pr- believe this is a prevention piece um, where we're establish, establishing relationship with these women before they're in an unplanned pregnancy or helping them to avoid risky behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, we a- actually just started last year providing full prenatal care because uh, right. we wanted to knock down any barrier a woman has for choosing life. And so we've been doing that. We're in our second year of that. Um, we have a strong social services uh, department, which we are gearing up even more now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. We believe that that's where um, a lot of our focus mm-hmm. is going to be is helping these women um, that now will be parenting or placing their child um, for adoption. We provide community resources, and then we have a very strong youth prevention program uh, teaching sexual risk avoidance education in the local schools, um, really empowering them uh, to understand what a healthy relationship is. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught uh, some courses at Georgia Gwinnett College, and uh, one of the classes I asked those young adults, I said, how many of you know what a, a healthy relationship looks like? How many of you have seen that, whether it be your fi- parents or right. aunt and uncle or just friends? Not one single young adult could tell me that they knew what that looked like. Wow. And so um, we want them to understand what the red flags are, what um, consent is, and all those different kinds of things to to really help them understand that um, waiting and having healthy relationships up until marriage is, is the path that they need to follow in order to meet the goals that they have in life. That's incredible. I love it. And all of the, um, I, I love that all of the services and the medical care that, that you all are providing. Um, I think that that's one of the misconceptions um, is that if these uh, reproductive rights are taken away, so to speak, that there will be a lack of care. For women, and uh, yeah. and and we see that that's just that's not true. Right, all our services are free and low cost. Wow, mm-hmm. and so there's we've we sponsored five women last year in in free prenatal care. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia is second highest in maternal mortality in the nation, mm-hmm. and one of those is lack of access to care. And so, no matter their 
economic situation or um, their um, documentation, we are going right. to serve them so that women aren't showing up at the emergency room to have their babies. Okay, so our um, clinic, we serve, um, we do no-cost pregnancy tests and STI testing. Um, we do an Earn While You Learn program. So when moms come in and they're uncertain on if they're going to parent or not, um, we offer classes to help them understand about what they're going through as far as their pregnancy, labor delivery, their newborn and, you know, love skills and co-parenting. Um, we offer a fatherhood program for dads. We really try to reel mm-hmm. in the dads That's and great. try to get them to line up, you know, put Christ first and all the things will follow. And so yeah. So we have um, some wonderful men who um, take the time to mentor our dads who are trying to just know what it's like to lead in their family. Um, and we also do the classes for the for the moms, too, so they can understand their role um, in parenting and in being a, a wife. And, and we try to we try to incorporate that as much as possible. Um, we also do abortion recovery mm-hmm. where, um, you know, if you've had an abortion and you need to seek healing, we're there to do that. We do that through Forgiven and Set Free by... Um, Linda Cochran. Um, and then again, again, we do options counseling. So if someone does come in, anybody that comes in, whether they want a parent or not, we do option counseling because it's an educational tool for everybody. Right. Um, because a lot of people do not know what abortion looks like. They don't know what adoption looks like. Right. And they don't know what parenting looks like. So we have those three things lined up. And it's so just good. something that, you know, you never know if your sister or your cousin or your a friend or anybody that may come to you and say, hey, I think I want to have an abortion. Well, at least you know what abortion looks like and you know what can follow after that. So um, so we do those services and um, we also have abortion recovery for men, mm. which we just had um, three men graduate a few months ago. So that was wow. just beautiful because abortion affects, it does. it's a trickle down, Absolutely. you know. Um, so it's just been, it's just been wonderful. And we also do uh, have an ICU mobile that goes out to different locations so that if moms can't get to us, we can get to the moms and do the same thing, um, STI, pregnancy testing, and and options counseling. And and then with Earn While You Learn, it's beautiful because we can walk alongside that mom while she's pregnant. and and then after the baby is born and just love on her, just be her village. Because there's a lot of women, they come in, they don't have support system. I mean, you'd be surprised the support systems are lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did start a... Um, a mother's outing group. We had our first mother's tea mm-hmm. where the moms could come together and just socialize and hopefully connect with one another. Right. So when they walk out of our door, they're not just walking back to that empty house and they're just, you know, don't have anybody to, you know, just lean into and talk mm. to. So that's what, what we offer. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. So what, uh, talk about uh, both of you, what led you to this type of work? Talk about a little bit of your journey or your personal story about what, how God led you into this type of work. Okay. Well, 26 years ago, I had an abortion. I aborted um, my set of twins and uh, such a regretful decision, first of all, is sure. something. And I always say is the most irreversible thing you could you know, possibly do. And funny enough, a few years back, I was asked by Pastor Aaron to share mm-hmm. our story and um, I just couldn't believe that the church wanted me to share my abortion story. Yeah. And uh, up to that point, I had thought I had been 100% healed, you know, like forgiven all that. I know I was forgiven, but just 100% healed sure, within myself. Sure. And so when I was asked to do that, I was unprepared. And I thought, well, I don't know. This is kind of strange. But God was like, just go ahead and, you know, do the story. 
And so we, my husband and I recorded it. We got to record it and we waited and we waited. And we're like, I don't think we're going to, they're going to show our story. <laughs> we're like, I don't know. we did on Easter. On Easter yeah. of all the times. <laughs> where there's just, a million people. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many services. And because Michael was like, well, yeah, I'm sure they're going to do it. And he said, no, that we don't get to share the resurrection <laughs> with with G. We just don't get to do that. That's what I thought. But anyway, you guys wow. did share yeah, Easter. And, wow. and let me pause you there. I remember watching and thinking, no, there's just a beauty of this because there's uh, beauty to ashes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, ashes beauty, excuse me. And so uh, it was a great uh, story. And because again, the thing I love about Bethlehem uh, and again, I'm part of it, not I get credit, but it's not, it, it's just the people of Bethlehem is there is just a authenticity yes. and realness yes. that it's like, no, you can share this and nobody thinks anything mm-hmm. different or less mm-hmm. than this is part of your story yep. and your story. What we like saying, your story's not over yet. Right. And you've experienced that, but keep yes. going. So yeah. you shared the story and yeah, I did. Yeah. It was on Easter yeah. Yeah. and it was, God used it in great ways. He, yeah, it was, I'm it sure was it opened beautiful. Up doors for you to it share with, totally and have, did. Yeah, absolutely. If it wasn't for that story that you guys shared, Pastor Joel, after that, invited us to the gala mm. um, for the pregnancy center. And I went to a gala. So yeah. I thought, I want to go to a gala. And so I sat <laughs> there and um, Ryan Bomberger was talking. He was a speaker. And I was blown away. Sure. And what moved me the most, because he was, um, his mom put him up for adoption and he had just mm. a beautiful life story. Sure. And when I had my abortion, because my life, my childhood was so compromised and sure. just full of so much chaos, I thought there's no way I'm going to put my children up for adoption. Mm. Because if they have a life worse than mine, I couldn't live with mm. that. So in my mind, I was like, if, if I give them to the Lord, they'll be fine and yeah. I'll be fine. And that's not the case. But um, but when he got to the part where he put this, he did a little slideshow on what our children could have become. Mm. And my boys would be 20, at that time they would have been like in 24. And when he put, uh, there was things, a doctor, lawyer. And then when I saw a father and a dad, mm. and I thought, wow, I should Maybe I should have put them up for adoption mm. because they had that right to be a father, to be a dad. I would think wow. about riding bikes and going to school and all these milestones, sure. but I never stopped to think about parenthood. Mm. You know, they're, they're, you know, and so at that point, God was like, "You need to, you need to do something." Mm. And so then that's when I um, talked to Carol and I became a volunteer at the Pregnancy Resource Center. And then, um, like I was telling Angela, um, the day that I started my very first day, you know, you have to date. Every every time you read a, a booklet, you have to date that you've done it. And after about the fourth or fifth one, I looked down and it was the anniversary date of my abortion. Mm-hmm. And that was a day that was reserved for me to just cry and be sad and miserable. Sure. But God had literally flipped it what and turned it around. Mm-hmm. And I'm here. I was there learning how to save a baby and save the mom, you that's know. Awesome. So right. that that's how um, I came yeah. to that. And that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Robin? So about 16 years ago, um, <clears throat> we were in the throes of six little ones at home, and um, we were actually homeschooling at the time. So my world was this bubble of church, homeschool, and maybe Walmart. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I really started to feel convicted that if I were gonna was going to tell my girls that they needed to share the gospel, they needed to see me do that. And mm-hmm. so I just started praying that God would bring something across my path. And um, I got an email from Obria 
don't know how they got my information. Still to this day, don't know how they got my information. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, are they an abortion clinic? I didn't really know. Yeah. I didn't even know there were pregnancy centers out there. Hmm. And I kind of just let it go. And then I got a flyer in the mail, a newsletter, and they were looking for volunteers. I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Hmm. So I went and interviewed and became a volunteer and um, did that for several years. And you know how God directs your path. It, you had no idea right. it was going to go <laughs> that way. Ended up serving on the board. And then in 2015, I became the executive director. And um, it's just what I love to do. Yeah, it's mm, cool. Yeah. So uh, do you uh, talk a little bit about the Haven at okay. Hebron? Yeah, so I'm doing eight hours a week for the Haven. Um, and we are we just started doing the land development. Um, we hit rock last week, so now we got a drill. But um, we, when we are up and running, <clears throat> we will be serving women 21 and younger. younger so we will mm-hmm. be licensed by the state to take minors, and we'll be the only maternity home in the metro Atlanta area wow. um, that will be able to do that. And there really, there is a need. We mm-hmm. see it at Obria probably, I don't know, once a week we're trying to find housing mm. for someone. Wow. And so it's a it's a definite need in our community. We'll have house parents that um, stay in the home. So it'll be very family oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll help them with their medical care, their education. Um, the state only allows them to stay in the home eight weeks postpartum. Mm. Um, so we have, we'll have a lot to do to get them sustainable um, when they leave, but um, we're looking forward to be able to provide that resource for the community. Wow. So how, talk a little bit about how both of you have seen uh, this type of work, the type of work that you do benefit the women that you serve. Uh, if you have an, any kind of personal story, like, a, you know, um, a story of someone that you've served that you know of, or, or just how have you seen it benefit the women? Oh my goodness. There's so many stories. I mean, we, we, our girls, so many come in a state of confusion and hopelessness sure. and, and our goal is, is for them to leave with hope. Um, one of the, uh, services that we offer that I failed to mention is we do abortion pill reversal. Mm. So if a girl has taken that first set of pills um, and starts to change her mind and say, I don't really want to do this, and she Googles, how do I stop my abortion? Um, an 800 number comes up, and we're one of the um, clinics in the metro area that provide that wow. service. And so um, I she didn't co- even know that was a possibility. Yes. And so wow. we treat it just like you would treat a likely to miscarry. So we provide her with progesterone. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had our um, one of our girls deliver a few weeks ago that mm-hmm. went through the abortion pill reversal. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. There are no side effects. It's um, it's been I think over 500 babies have been rescued across the nation. Amazing with this, and so um, just to see a decision that caused so much hurt and pain to be able to reverse that Mm -hmm. and provide that redemption is just incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, We see girls who need, um, we we had a girl last week who was running from her boyfriend who was threatening to kill her. And she was in such a state of of shock and didn't know what to do. And we asked her how she found us. She goes, I don't know. I had your number in my journal. I don't even know how it got there. And we put her in a hotel for two nights to get her calmed down and Mm -hmm. create a plan. And, um, and so just, there's just so many more pieces to it than just the unplanned pregnancy. Right, right. And and to be able to empower that woman to to take back control yeah. and, and to have a plan and to choose life for her baby mm. is just 
one of the greatest things. Yeah, mm. that's great. Um, so we do a lot of, of, of that as well. And we, um, for, so for our women, I, like, I, like you, I have tons of stories. And um, what I like to see is the ones that go through our Earn Why You Learn program and succeed. And then they come back years later and they want to donate. And they're married and they're in church and they have a career. And, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing to see when they come back and they want to give. And, you know, I remember you guys helped me with this pregnancy. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's several pregnancies. But just to know that we were able to plant a seed um, for growth, for spiritual growth is a big thing. Um, One of the stories that that are really near to my heart is we had a a 14-year-old client and um, she was pregnant. And her mother had had an abortion when she was young. So her mom was trying to talk her out of it. And we were, you know, there to pray and and just give her options and just talk to her about school and how that looks to finish school and how girls have done it. And it's 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 doable and it's going to be a hard it's going to be hard work, but you can do it. So she was like on the fence. And, you know, so then she'd leave feeling like, okay, I'm going to parent. And then. Then she'd come back and, well, I don't know if I want to do this. And then finally her mom had called and I wasn't at work yet. And um, when I got there, she's, um, I was told that she may come later with her daughter. And I said, that's fine. So they came later and <clears throat> the, the mother was in such distress because she didn't want her daughter to go through what she yeah. went through. And so we usually give, you know, the one ultrasound. But I was like, we've got to do one more ultrasound. And so the nurse who had been piled, I mean, it was, it was such a busy day. Mm. She said, let's get her in and get, do the ultrasound. So we get her into the ultrasound, and there's no viable pregnancy. The mm. baby's heart had stopped. Mm. Well, what was sad was the fact that mom now, the baby's mother, you could see the emotions of regret and guilt. Maybe if I should, maybe if I wouldn't have thought about having a boy, I'd be okay, or mm. maybe the baby okay. And so I let her understand that this is a God thing. This happened right. organically. Right. And now you don't have blood on your hands. Mm. And so when everybody left, you know, everybody's crying. And I remember going home going, okay, God, that was weird. I've never ever witnessed that before. But her mom had said something in the one in the one of the times we spoke and she said I'm I'm wondering if this pregnancy is for her to slow down. Hmm. And we had such a wonder I've never in my life talked about um abstinence in such a form with this young girl. Mm-hmm. What does it look like after you just if you decide to have this abortion what will it look like for you to scale back mm-hmm. you know and reclaim that purity? What would it look like? Never in my life had I had such in-depth conversation. And God really put it on my heart that that was him slowing her down. Mm-hmm. And even though it was tragic for them, right. it was his doing. And then they didn't they were gonna go have the abortion. Mm. Well if they would have went to do that, abortion sure. clinics, they're not gonna do an in-depth anything. Mm-hmm. So they would have sat there thinking, we had this abortion and and they don't they now they're free of that. Mm-hmm. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right. So our nurse looked at her and she said, you do not need an abortion. You need to go to a real doctor mm-hmm. and get yourself taken care of. And it goes back to Tasha what you said earlier about, you know, taking these women taking care of themselves, you know, and learning mm-hmm. that because a lot of times they don't know. They yeah. don't know how to care properly, right. care for themselves. No. And so that that's that's it kind of speaks to what you said earlier about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So what uh what do you think as this we're talking about this, it's there's such a a gravity to what we're talking about that um, I'm sure that your organizations and the work that you do, that you face 
obstacles and challenges. I mean, this is such an emotionally driven topic. So talk about some of the challenges or obstacles that you face or will face maybe because of this, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade or uh, just the emotions behind it. Um, what are you think? What do you think some of those challenges or obstacles will be? Right now, uh, one of the things that um, we've ha- been forced to focus on is, is the safety mm-hmm. um, of our clinic, our sure. patients, our staff, sure. and our volunteers. Um, we actually had the Lawrenceville PD out this morning, um, touring yeah. our clinic, giving us pointers and and speaking with the staff. And um, Jane's Revenge has created this hit list that we are all on. And it's, you know, I never thought we would see the day wow. where we were having to be so careful for doing such good work and, yeah. and coming alongside women and helping them and, and, and that kind of thing. So um, <clears throat> that's our, our biggest um, thing right now. But we are also, we have outgrown our current facility. And mm-hmm. so we're in the process of looking for a new building. And and just with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, it's going to create more patients for us um, and yeah. more women are going to need our yeah. services. And so we need that extra space. So that's a huge prayer, big prayer for mm-hmm. us is to be able to find that that new location that God has already picked out for us. So. Wow. Tasha? Um, yeah, I agree with um, Robin. We've had some um, concerns about um, just the whole overturn of Roe v. Wade and, you know, possible threats and things mm-hmm. like that. And we've done... Um, put in place some more security things. And it was just sad that we have mm-hmm. to, you know, think like that and, and do that. But, um, you know, it's not just us. Mm-hmm. There's women, there's clients, there's dads that are in there, there's children that are in there and, you know, women that are seeking assistance and help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so so that's a concern. I, I'm more concerned for the clients and their families more so than I am myself because I just I just know God has got us covered. But, you know, it's such a, a hard thing to think about, you know, that we have to be in this situation now where that was a place and that is still a place where I feel safe. But now I'm I'm more cautious sure. and aware and all these things. Um, but I feel like with the biggest challenge I would have to say is sometimes we're looked at as just like Bible thumpers yeah. and that we're going to try to lure them in and manipulate, manipulate yes. and, you yeah. know, try to coerce them to do something. And what people don't understand right. is, you know, when you're talking about life, like you said, it's all life. You know, when you have an abortion, your child is immediately welcomed into the kingdom of God. Mm. And we're left here to, I, 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 this is how I picture it, and this is how I explain it. It's like you're in a warehouse, and there's like all these five thousands of five gallons of buckets of paint, and they're they're falling over, and you're literally on that cement floor trying to clean it up. You have nothing but your hands, and it's mm. just a complete hmm. mess, and it goes on and on and on and on. So for me, um, it is about saving the baby. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if they go out and decide to have their abortion. Now here they are alone and isolated and full of all sorts of emotions. So we we get that, um, you know, you're just going to make us do this. You're yeah. just going to, you know, convince us and that's your agenda. But it's not. And like right. I told you earlier, right. um, Angela, what we do with those choices can cause consequences. That's you know, it right. de- depends on what it is. You're going to have a consequence. So, you know, they have that misconception that they're all about making us believe in the Lord, making us do this. And, right. me, and we have to be so perfect. And, and it's just not that at all. Sure. Right, right. You know? You're opening up possibility. Yeah. You're yes. opening, you're giving hope <laughs> to a situation that may seem hopeless, sure. mm-hmm. but you are opening, a, there's a God of hope that yes. loves you and wants to 
love, you know, have a relationship with you and take care of you and mm-hmm. your baby. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I would tag on to this and say to the church that's listening, um, that's why we're already, we've been active in supporting multiple places. Yeah. Um, but I would also say that the, uh, the foster, the adoption mm-hmm. system is already overwhelmed. Uh, and it's not because, and I think there's a, some, some things that uh, uh, adoption, how, how I say it, the, the loopholes that our government and things put through, uh, I think is part of this, yep. uh, that, that's, that has to go have to be reexamined and all this. But I say all that to go, whether it be the thousand, I told you guys Sunday, uh, whether it be the thousands of dollars a year, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that we're investing in different places, mm-hmm. um, we have to continue to do that. But we also have to, um, you know, how can I how how can I serve? And some people think, you know, it's overwhelming to go. I got four kids already. I don't think we can foster or adopt. But what can you do? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, you know, for us, we we were trying to come around the fostering system, not just with uh, bodies to foster, but also have a support system for foster families. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what does it look like to adopt? Because adoption, I think people don't realize uh, how. It's an eighteen-month, two-year process of your life just to go through to become an adoptive right, parent, right. and the intent. So there's just a lot of things that the church can come alongside, and not just with money, which the church should do, and resources, and which will continue and increase to do that, but with people, yes. with manpower. But it's very much a gospel issue because it's a gospel that uh, the heart. Uh, that's rooted in the gospel has to be um, the most generous. We say this, we love because he first loved us. Uh, And so everything we do is just responding to the love that we have received, responding Mm -hmm. to the life that we have been given, responding to the grace. So I would just tell the church in this, as you're saying, uh, being a voice for life uh, is about saying, okay, not just celebrating or praying and thanking God that Roe versus Wade was overturned, uh, because it is a beautiful thing. I think we underestimate what is it, sixty million plus babies mm-hmm. have been aborted the last fifty. That's that's no, that's it's it's staggering, deep, dark, and demonic on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the chance at life. And um, it's not just a political, it's a people issue. It and is. what you guys are doing, and the church has to do that as a whole in some way, shape, or form. And so Bethlehem's committed to that mm-hmm. before all this, and, right. and we are now. And I think the Lord is only going to have to increase that in our people. Uh, and so that's what I'm praying, is yeah. that we right. continue to rise up. We've seen great steps forward. Are we where we need to be yet in, in our congregation? No, no. We're not all. Well, what I mean is there. I shouldn't say there's more to do. There is more to do, but we have more capacity mm-hmm. to do than what we're doing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and that's about a heart and a people issue. And and God does that. You know, God has to work that out. Yeah. And so I still believe that because I just know the people of Bethlehem, you challenge them with anything, they'll rise up and blow you away. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I see that. I see this as an, what you said, Angela, that I see this as an opportunity for the church to rise even more. Yes. And instead of being on the sidelines, cheering on those in the fight to step into the fight and the fight, not about overturning something, the fight for life, yeah. right, right. the fight for value, the fight for teenage moms, mm-hmm. unwed moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love what you the fight for 
uh, family in general mm-hmm. we want to be a part of. So yeah. I just would add that in. That yeah, this, this brings absolutely. that opportunity up. And you'll hear more and more days to come on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then the other obstacle, too, like you were talking about people, it is volunteers. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, God does place you where you need to be. And, 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 to, and to volunteer, it's not just where you have to sit with the client. You can volunteer in our store. You can volunteer and just, you can bring in diapers. You can, mm-hmm. you know, come to one of our events and sit with us and, you know, come to the one of the mom events. There's just so many things that can be done outside of, you know, you know, some people come in and they think, well, it's four hours, you know, it's a lot, that's a big part of the day. Um, but volunteers, people are needed. And I, mm-hmm. I just really encourage people to pray on what their purpose is and where they fit in, yeah. you know, and God will find that slot for them. But we do, we do go through volunteers and yeah. um, it would be nice to just have more just sure. coming in and just to help us out. Yeah, that's good. So, I want to talk about um, a little bit more about some of the misconceptions about the work that that you do, Tasha. You um, you already kind of touched on this, mm-hmm. um, you know that uh, that these PRCs are uh, manipulating women. Um, is there anything else that you would add, just to kind of clear um, any misconceptions that uh, a woman may have that may be intimidated or scared to come? And you know, and and receive services from these from your from your organizations. Just clear up any any misconceptions that you have experienced or heard. One of the biggest misconceptions I want to address is is that the abortion pill purchased online is safe. Mm. Uh, we're looking at the Life Act here in Georgia going in effect probably mid July. And what the, is that? So that will be. Um, it will be illegal to have an abortion if there's a heartbeat. Okay, the heartbeat, which bill. is roughly around six mm-hmm. weeks. Right. Um, one of the things that the new law does not require does not require an ultrasound. Um, so it, mm. we hear girls are stockpiling uh, the abortion pill to use it as in their on their own in home wow. with, without a doctor um, doctor's care. And the thing is, there's there's many things. So without an ultrasound, because she can refuse the ultrasound. Mm. Without an ultrasound, it could be an ectopic pregnancy, which mm-hmm. taking the pill could be fatal for her. Mm. Um, on the packaging, it says that anyone with a hemoglobin level below 9.5 should not take the abortion pill. Well, no one's doing her H&H testing, right. which we do to help, you know, provide her that care. Also, if a girl has an RH negative blood type and her baby has a positive blood type mm. and she has her abortion, her body's still going to create those antibodies. So her next pregnancy, she's going to have difficulty carrying to term. Wow. So there's a lot of things involved in that in the risk of that abortion pill that are not being addressed That's good. and are being claimed to be safe. Mm-hmm. And it's just not so. Mm-hmm. Thank That's you. Good. Thank you for yeah, for that. telling Good. us that. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's very, you know, informative for anyone that's listening. So um, is there anything that we can do, our listeners, us, how can we help? How can we pray? Uh, we talked about uh, volunteer. Um, and basically, what can we do to support the work that you do or get involved in any way? Let us know. Well, just continue prayers, you know, mm-hmm. over our ministry. Um you know, sometimes staff and volunteers, it's very, um, can be spiritually overwhelming sometimes, sure. you know, um, and just uh, just praying just overall for our sure. mothers, our fathers, you know, for us to be able to be that vessel that God needs to plant that right seed, to be able to trust Him, you know, when they walk away. Um, 
for volunteers and just the ability to continue to receive. I mean, the, our donors and our um, they've just been so gracious. The church so gracious. I mean, you know, it's just amazing when you see. You know, people, even when it was the heavy COVID times and, and people weren't working, they were still coming in droves to to donate and to see what they can do. So that just keeps everything going and keeps yeah. the lights on. It keeps, you know, yeah. if we can't have all those things, women can't come, families can't can't come. So just continued prayers is the main thing. And and if you if you hear anybody, you know, in the church that it's like you were saying, afraid or mm-hmm. um, about abortion, you know, I'm available, you know, I'm 100% available because I do feel like for a church this size, there are so many women like me um, who really do need that support, who really do need somebody to be able to say, this is what has happened. Um, So just, you know, eyes and ears and, you know, I'm a tool. So (laughs) I think, uh, Tasha, to what you say in your story, I think is one thing that's important that there, how to say it, and you ladies know better than this. Um, there's grace, but there's a lot of baggage and shame that ladies have to walk through for mm-hmm. years and uh, sometimes for years uh, and knowing yeah. how to uh, b- be a community of faith that rallies around that and yes. speaks life. That's a part of this as well, because mm-hmm. I I was blown away. And, and again, y'all would know this one in five, one in, one in had, four, one in four abortion. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. just pretty. Mm-hmm mind-numbing to me when I think mm-hmm. about it. Um, but so by, by that, I mean, that's just a lot of people yeah. uh, in our body, and, and by our body, I mean the corporate body of Bethlehem Church mm-hmm. that have been affected, are affected, have made the choice. And there's there and I, and I know good and well, there's ladies listening right now that they nobody knows but them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a place of shame. And I just want to say to you pastorally, uh, there's no condemnation for those in Christ that's Jesus. That's right. Because the spirit of law, um, the spirit of life has set you free from the spirit of law uh, of death. Mm-hmm. And Romans 8, 1, 2, and 3. Um, and, and, and there's a place of hope and there's a future for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a future for you. What does that say? Corinthians seven passage, uh, to experience that, that godly shame, that godly grief that leads to repentance, that mm-hmm. leads to a life without guilt, mm-hmm. that leads to a life without regret. Yes. And that's what, uh, is. And I, hopefully we want you to know this is a place that's safe. Yes. I think Tasha, you would say it's a safe place to share. Very, that. very Absolutely. safe. So. And, and the thing is, it's, you know, like I was telling Angela, 25 years God pursued me, 25 years. Sure. And when I did the final, when I did a abortion recovery and we did the, my a memorial for the babies, I walked out of that place feeling like I walked out of prison. Mm. You know what I mean? I literally felt redeemed and restored. Yeah. And I felt like the shackles were broke. Everything was new. And even though my abortion, you know, I don't, I can't say that I don't miss my babies. I can't say that I don't wonder and think, but when God has taken that pain and he has turned it around and when I'm sitting across from a woman that I've, I've literally spoken to a woman and God is talking to me at the same time. Do you know what I mean? And I can look at that woman and see myself Mm. and tell myself, you know, scale back, you know, it's just the moment. Let's just get, let's just stay where we are right now. Don't do this. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know. And so for me, just to let women know who have had abortions, there is freedom. You don't have to be held captive by your decision. You don't have to be isolated. There are people you can talk to and they will welcome you and love you. And above all else, God has loved you from the beginning and he's going to love you right now. He's loved you in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just the freedom of that 
they need that. Right. They desperately need that. Yeah. Right. That's good. And Ms. Robin. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of the same needs as far as volunteers, and we have mm-hmm. a baby boutique we need supplies for. But um, probably the number one thing I always want to ask people to do is pray for wisdom for mm-hmm. us, um, wisdom for my staff, um, wisdom, you know, to, to know how to talk to the girls and, yeah. and all that. Because for, for wisdom comes knowledge and comes truth, and, and we want to— to be, you know, that voice of truth for the girls. Um, Mm -hmm. We offer tours on Tuesday mornings. If anyone wants to come and take a tour, that's a first step to becoming Mm -hmm. a volunteer. And so we'd love to have anyone come by. And I'd like to challenge those of you listening today to really to think about praying that prayer that I prayed 16 years ago of, Mm -hmm. you know, what would you have me do? Mm. Yeah, Yeah. that's That's good. And I would say that going back to the misconceptions question, that uh, one of the biggest misconceptions that I think a lot of people have is that the pro-life movement is not doing enough or not doing, you know, things to help. And that just talking to you ladies and hearing about the church and what the church uh, does and contributes, it's, that's just not true. I mean, there are, there are women, there are people, there are resources out there, uh, to help women in need Mm -hmm. and there is healthcare provided and there are resources available. So that's the point of this podcast. We wanted to clear up some of those misconceptions and say that the pro-life movement is for life, not just pro-birth. Um, so that's really important. We wanted that to be said here today. So thank you, ladies. Thanks, ladies. Thank you so, so much for your time. And we are going to include uh, all the resources. And is it okay to include email addresses and websites? And so we're going to include those resources in the show notes so that if you want to get involved or if you want to, uh, if you need their resources, uh, reach out. Um, So we are here for you. These ladies are here for you. Bethlehem Church is here for you. We love y'all. And, uh, Thank you again for being here. Yeah, let me let me pray for these ladies. Absolutely, as we're out. yeah. And, uh, that's how we'll close our times. That great, love it. So, Father, uh, in the name of Jesus, the name that gives us life, we pray blessings, um, God, over all of those who are serving on the front lines, uh, just like Robin and Tasha of the uh, pro life movement of the, uh, as Pastor Tony Evans says, the whole life agenda from the womb to the tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, that, God, uh, you are the giver of life, and uh, life matters. And so, Father, I pray wisdom. Uh, God, I pray courage. Uh, God, I pray that the Church of Jesus Christ, not just Bethlehem Church, but the Church, the people of God, um, that this is a uh, issue that... Uh, is in conversation for the next three weeks, but the reality that, that's not just in conversation for the next three weeks, but God, three months and six months and a year from now, the increased opportunity, the opportunities will only increase. Mm. And so that means that the love and the care uh, and the uh, resourcing and the volunteers and, and God, I just pray for any uh, um, woman uh, in our church, anybody listening to this that has carried uh, or does carry the shame of choices that uh, that the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, would be new and fresh to them. Um, God, that um, God, your spirit uh, would set them free and set their course, set the course of their life in a new direction and uh, that your grace is sufficient. And in uh, that moment of weakness, God, that's where your power can even be made perfect. Um, and so, Father, we pray your blessings over these ladies, their families, 
other children. And God, I thank you for Bethlehem Church, the generosity of the people. Uh, God, and I look forward to stories in the days ahead of how you redeem um, and God, how you set new uh, the direction for many men and women uh, in yes. the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you.